everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Bobby Lovelace. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Kevin Hanna. And I'm Jim Dabonacos. We got a party line going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for joining us for our getting pumped about the Kickstarter episode. That's that's what we're doing. Right on. I was actually checking you guys out, Jim Dabonacos and Kevin Hanna. You know, I was listening to another interview that you guys did, and I think, Jim, you said... We're just some regular guys, you know. We're just uh, we're just two regular guys. But I hey, think I'm a regular guy. You are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're not it, we're not irregular. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wait, maybe <laughs> I'm an irregular guy. So, you know, I might be an irregular guy. But uh, but but I actually think that both of you have a really cool background um, yourselves in in your respective careers, and I I did want to talk about that a little bit. You know, Kevin, I was checking out. Um, some of the work that you've done, um, The Clockwork Girl and Creature Academy. I was checking both of those out on Comixology. Oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed those. And I was reading that um, Clockwork Girl has already been made into a feature or it's going to be made into a feature. or It's made into a feature and it's out in the UK right now. And wow. it will be out. Yeah, and it'll be out later this year. Oh, I think June. I should probably check. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, congratulations! That is so awesome. Yeah, I can't great. wait to check that out. I really, I really enjoyed the story. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, that was a that was a great book to do, uh, and you know, it taught me a lot about like I've loved comics my entire life, and that was my first time making my own comic. Uh, so it was a fun little experiment um, that you know further fueled my passion and love for the space. So yeah, it was, it was great. Excellent. And Creature Academy, I also read that something may be happening with that in the future. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's definitely in, like, what do they call it? Development. Uh, okay. This is the Hellboy podcast, so I will call it Development Hell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're just kind of chilling, but there's some really cool people that uh, have been kind of working on it in the background. And so, okay. I mean, that reminds me. I should probably check in with them and see how they're doing. <laughs> and see that's yeah. going. Send, send a couple emails. Just checking in. Yeah, but I did really enjoy that story as well. So, and that one, uh, it really looked like it could be animated. The, yeah, the art really came across uh, really well. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Both both were a blast, and it's. I don't know if you guys knew this, but comics are very cool. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh... <laughs> we read a lot of comics. We've read. God, I I forgot how many. I think it's been like. Um, 80-something trade oh, paperbacks or something nerd. like that or worth of comics. Wow, it's an insane amount of comics. That's we read it in the last couple of years. And Jim Demonakos, you're the founder of Lightbox Expo and Emerald City Comic Con, which is amazing. Yeah, that? that is totally, totally factual, yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's a big deal. So you definitely you know, know a lot about working with artists and the whole kind of community and the fandom around comics. And, you know, Mignola is a frequent guest at Lightbox Expo and Emerald City Comic Con. You know, this last year, we were pumping the tote bag that was available. Oh, yeah. You know, and I also um, picked up some awesome sketchbooks from Mindy Lee, who we're also fans of from, so that was really great. And then I know he did, the, he did the cover for the Emerald City Comic Con book as well this year. So I'm no longer involved with Emerald City, but uh, my good friend Mike Megan, who continues to... So I started, a, um, back in 2009, I started an art book that was for charity called Monsters and Dames. Yeah. And 
and I appreciate that they've kept the tradition alive. And uh, you're right in the, the for the 2019 edition. Oh no, I guess it was for the 2020 edition, but that that kind of never happened. But they sold it yeah. online. Um, had had a, a cover by Mike, and it was very cool. I I obviously I'm a huge fan of Mike's, and in the past I've had him do art for Emerald City. He did one where uh, we have a a giant concrete troll statue oh, wow. under one of our bridges. Oh yeah. Seattle, and he, uh, I sent him a bunch of photo reference and she did a, an amazing illustration of Cowboy in front of the Fremont troll. And nice. he's done a couple of t-shirts oh, nice. for us. And then, um, for, for Lightbox, Yeah. He did the, so originally, so I don't think I've ever told this story, not that it's anything amazing, but we want so, to <laughs> um, in for Lightbox 2020, which never happened, or which happened online instead of in person, um, the piece that Mike did was actually going to be colored by Dave Stewart and then blown up to uh, 10 feet by 10 feet. Oh wow! Uh, oh wow! So we did we we do these things called art walls, which is exactly what it sounds oh. like. Wow. And, and he saw one in 2019 and basically was like, I want to do one of those. Yeah. And we're like, if you want to do one Hell of yeah. those, I am not going to say no. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so he did the art and then, of course, uh, COVID, pandemic, mm. uh, et cetera. And so when we decided to move the um, show online, basically was like, hey, you know, obviously we can hang on to this art for another year. Um, or we can put it to some good use. And what do you think about doing, you know, would you be okay? And I mocked up the tote bag and I was like, would, would you be good for us doing a tote bag of this instead? And he was like, yeah, that would be great. And so instead of doing the art wall, he, uh, he ended up being the artist on the tote bag. So okay. that's awesome. Yeah. So I think so totally, it's out. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I do have the tote yeah. bag. I like to take it to the record store when I go get records. Yes. Um, it's a perfect size for that. <laughs> it is a good size for that. And that's a good segue that I wrote myself to go right into your nerd rock band Kirby Crackle. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I would like to know about sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this was also kind of. I was actually around the same time, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, so I used to own. I had a pretty varied career in comics, and I'm going to apologize to uh, Kevin, really, uh, because he's, <laughs> he's, he's heard all this before, and now he has to sit through it again. I, I'm, oh, no. I'm oh, so sorry, funny. Kevin. I love it. I love it every time. <laughs> so um, I've had a pretty varied career in comics, as you may know or may, may not know, but like, if you want to talk about origin story, I started off by making fan websites back nice. in the mid 90s uh, oh nice we all <laughs> yeah right and so my brother had gone to the university of washington and they gave him a free website and basically he was like i don't care about this do you do you, do you want this and i was like heck yeah i do nice. and so like <laughs> um so i built like a fan site for Iceman from the x-men yes uh, awesome bobby yeah. drake baby oh man bobby drake gotta love him and then i also did nerds. Yeah, yes. And then after that, 
I uh, I created a fan site for for Savage Dragon. I was a huge Savage Dragon fan. Back Tell me, in the there 90s. were gifts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Nice. It was like it was like uh, it was like blinking oh, fire. Oh yes. <laughs> if you can think about anything from the '90s that you could put on a website oh, that was a new it. feature, I I have it. I'm going friend. to it. Did you have the counter? At the bottom? Oh, yeah. man. You got to have the counter. Yeah, counter, <laughs> man. Oh, I, it, of course I had a counter. Yeah. Um, so it started off, because I'm super good at naming things, um, it started off uh, being called Jim's Unofficial Savage Dragon Website. Love it. <laughs> that, would be a uh, that could be a band name right there. That's good. So a little, you know, like these days, that's a little little long for a .com. But, you know, like it did, it did its job. Eventually... It morphed into a thing called Finn World uh, because this is the greatest effort. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. That. Thank you. Uh, so, as, as you know, uh, Savage Dragon's got a Finn, and I, um, I was playing around in, with like a 3D modeling program. Like, I was, I was like teaching myself 3D Studio Max on like a, uh, we're, and we're talking like 3D Studio Max, like one. That's awesome. Like oh, oh, nice. I'm invested <laughs> in Max. the story right now. Um, I started off where I think a lot of people started off. I'm like, hey, look, I made a sphere. Good yeah. job. <laughs> right. Good job All right. And then I was like, let's put some texture on there. I'm like, I'm going to make this thing a world. Uh-huh. And so, uh, and then I was like, put a pop a fin on it. And bam, fin world. There you go. Love it. Nice. Um, and so after a, few, after a couple of years, Eric himself found uh jim's unofficial savage dragon site before it became fan world and was like hey this is pretty cool uh i'm not online i am so this is how uh, i'm not even that old but you know in, in technology i'm like right ancient. um <laughs> he he had he was over at his brother's house and saw the or his, his brother-in-law's house saw the website uh, used his brother's email or his brother-in-law's email to email me because he didn't have his own email and told me <laughs> that if I replied to him, his brother-in-law would print it out and fax oh, the reply to him. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so then a couple years later, so I, if this is super boring, you can just tell me to stop. No, 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 no. I love this. Great. I love this. This is the content we crave. Uh-huh. A couple of years later, Eric gets his own email address, which I'm not sharing, but also he still has to this day. Oh, wow, that's awesome. To that man. 1996. Wow, that, you know. that's bold. <laughs> it is bold. That AOL is still, still that around. Takes, that takes a pair of brass ones. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, and he was like, hey, I like what you're doing with the website. Uh, everybody else seems to be having their own website. Did you just do like the official Savage Dragon website. Oh, wow. man. You That's made it to the big time. That's I, fantastic. And as, a, as a fan, as you know, or fantastic, as you say, okay. um, sign me up. Yes. That's great. That's great. And so I built, and I was the webmaster of SavageDragon.com. Wow. And people didn't know this, but I was actually the webmaster of SavageDragon.com until like 2017. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't I stop. No, that was the thing. That's great. Yeah. Um, steady employment of like never getting paid for anything. Right. So it's fine. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. I ended up doing like 20 years of working on SavageDragon.com. 
but it got me like an original Eric Larson cover. Hey. So I'm like, you know what? Wow. Uh, nice. that fine. Yes, that is worth it. So the reason I bring all this up, um, aside from obviously, this I like is story pedigree. Speak. This is this is fine by itself. But yes, please continue. In the year 2000, well, wow, so long um, ago, I was designing websites uh, for a living. Uh, so all that all that HTML did finally pay off. Oh, man. And then I was like, you know what I really want to do? Like, I want to open a comic book store. And okay. so in 2000, I had saved up some cash from from doing web design because for those who recall, that was the dot com boom. Yeah, so nice. People were, yeah. We're overpaying for everything. Good on you for getting in there. Instead of riding this cash cow train, I am going to throw all my money away and open a comic book store, which is not going to make me any money forever. Good. Uh, Awesome. Like sweet, good decisions that I made. Uh But I opened the store. We opened the store. uh, My uh, my brother and my buddy Brian, we opened the store. And... um, I called Eric Larson and I was like, hey, so we just opened this store. Would you come and do a signing like at the store? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, just fly me up because he's in Oakland. So for Oakland to Seattle, pretty, Very pretty cool. cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. Easy trip. So, and I was really grateful that he, you know, he did that. So, um, and that obviously, so we've been friends for a long time, and like Eric has like just like this sort of odd role, and like he's always there at the beginning of a couple of new things that I've done, at least you know back in the the early two thousands. Because after a couple of years of running the store, we'd open a second store. Eventually, we had four four wow. shops. Um, nice. Yeah, it was super cool. Like I love running a chain of stores. Uh, also, you get a better diamond discount. It all works out. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, so after a, after a couple of years, I was like, you know, what we really need here in Seattle is a good convention. And I've been I've been going to a number of shows, and uh, um, I was like, you're making it happen. You know, the whole comic book community is like, you're making this happen. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I just uh, something that I think you'll see kind of runs through into this story, and obviously even with Kevin. Well, we get to the point where, just like Kevin was like, well, I'm going to make a graphic novel. Like, I'm not waiting for someone's permission. Like, I have a story. I'm going to tell it. And I think that at the core is what we're talking about. Every time I'm like, like, the the whole reason I wanted to open a comic book store was because I was tired of going to like four or five different stores because this store didn't want to carry merchandise. This one didn't want to carry trades. This one was just like, we do a few things, but we just do cards, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I don't understand. And again, this is kind of like not a novel concept now, but back then it was like, well, what if the store just kind of had everything? You could come here and get t-shirts. You could get Hell statues. Yeah. You could get trades. You could get comics. We have subscriptions. We have book clubs. We have game nights. We have all this stuff. Why can't we just do that? And I'm not saying like, I invented any of that, but, no, but you were describing much... a con, so might as well just do one. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Yeah, and the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I would go to San Diego back in like the late '90s, early 2000s, back when it was like 30, 40,000 people, oh, and it would nice. be like super fun. And you'd just like come back, and the only show that we had was like 400 people, and it was the same. Like I love all the local comic creators, yeah. but it was the same guys, right? Like yeah. it was just. 
of course, it's your local show. So you're like, yeah, I'll spend my Sunday just hanging out, that kind of thing. But, you know, with a few invited guests. And I was like, we can do better. And at the time, I was going to these shows as an exhibitor because we had a store. So we yeah. could do like a quarter bin and like, you know, get rid of some of your old books and Absolutely. like some toys and this and that. And like everybody around us, uh, the other exhibitors would always basically complain about the show because they're like, Ugh, you know, we're all here because it's the only game in town. And it gave me enough fuel to be like, okay, I'm going to do a show, but I'm going to need you to buy in. Like you're going to, because otherwise you can't complain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how Emerald City started. It's like, I want a better show. I, I think a show can do multiple things here. Let's, let's put it together. And so, that's where I started on my path with Emerald City. So our first Emerald City in 2003. So just comparatively, right? Like the other show had been having like 400, 500 attendees. Yeah. And our first Emerald City had 2,500. Wow. Oh, my God. So, wow. so much work, too. Yeah. Good just on you. Comparatively, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And so the Emerald City for years. Um, and you said you, you passed the torch on that a little bit, right? Yeah, so back in uh, 2015, I sold Emerald City to Reed Pop, who runs New York, New York Comic Con and C2E2. And I worked for them for a couple of years and then decided that I wanted to go do my own things again. Right so yeah. I, I left. Um, nice. So he, he really, he barely did it. He only ran the show for 17 years. No. It was just, <laughs> he just ate it out. Not even, not even two decades. You know, <laughs> that's, no, that's really impressive, and it's understandable that you know after that long, um, you would want to have some new adventures. And yeah. I think that's... Oh, hey, you know what? Sorry, you, you asked me a question, and I got into like a, my entire history, and I didn't actually answer the question about Kirby Crackle. Oh, oh, yes. oh my gosh, so, we yeah. didn't even please. Here's Kyle, who is my partner in Kirby Crackle. He's a songwriter as well and uh, plays guitar and a bunch of stuff. He was a customer at my store and he had been talking about, hey, you know, I've been thinking about writing superhero songs. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I just heard like a couple songs earlier from, um, and I can't remember the name right now. And it was like more like rap, a rap song that was about like breakfast cereal. Nice. And, uh, it was like so clever and it was on a DJ Z trip album. I just don't remember who the rapper was. Um, anyway, so, and I was like, yeah, I love that. Like you can actually kind of make like be fun and take it seriously as well. And so, and I've been doing some writing because it was a couple of years after that, that I released my graphic novel. But at the time I was like, so I'm doing some writing. I was like, why don't we just like, get together a couple times and see if we can't like make some like really nerdy really fun uh, yeah and so that's kind of how we came together and, and made kirby crackle and we ended up doing five albums we toured all over like the u.s and uh awesome. canada australia and it was just like a really good time making Great. nerd rock yeah so so that answers your question about uh, about nerd rock. So, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Crackle. So, so what do you uh, what awesome. do you actually uh, do? You sing? Do you play uh, instruments? No, I am I am the Bernie Toppin to his Elton John. I I am strictly a songwriter 
and also uh, a roadie. Oh, uh, okay. I, I would write the songs and then I would like help set up the equipment and break it. <laughs> nice. So, I, I know my place. What's a song that I can that I can put a clip of? Can you recommend a song that I can that I can clip in here while we talk about it? I think one of my favorite songs that we wrote was called Ring Capacity, which is a like 100% nerdy Green Lantern. Um, oh, yes. Yes, that um, sounds amazing. I'm flying through the cold of space. It seems I've yet to find my place. I'm guarding 2814. I don't know why it's chosen me. But from the corner of my eye, I catch a glimpse of evil light. The fear tries to swallow me like I'm just some guy with an Yeah, we also did a, a few years ago, uh, we did a song called Zombie Apocalypse, which has like 7 million views on YouTube, Shit. but like, oh, nice. uh, but I would still, of all of them, I would still recommend Ring Capacity, I still love that song, nice. there's so many. Yes, I'll definitely check that out, but that does make me think of, you know, Kevin, you have kind of like the, you have a computer animation background, or and Jim, you have the music background, does any of that come into play in the documentary, like in terms of like, segues or animation or music i mean it definitely means we have like the sensibilities to to drive everything um as far as like you know our music choices and how we're going to use our like our transitions you know when showing when showing so much of mike's art we want to do it in a way that like really really shows what's special about it and so like thinking of, of our transitions and the, the motion graphic animation and that sort of stuff, it's definitely informed a lot of that. Awesome. Yeah. You ha you all, just like you said earlier, you're, you both are kind of like the everything. You, you have so many different skills that play into that. I think there's that organizational part of me from the convention side as well, where yeah. it's like, you know, and, and Kevin has done a ton of project managing and been in charge of a bunch of teams for working on whether it's video games or animation. I think there's no there's no skill that goes wasted for us. You know what I mean? Like every little thing, like, all right, I know how to put together a, a, a con. I know how to talk to people. I know how to get artists to do what we need them to do. I know how to, you know, that. And Kevin's like, cool, I know I, I can, you know, put a team together and do this and that. And I think just we're very much like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> like we all, we, we right. have different skills that complement each other and that make the perfect sandwich. Aww. Awesome. Two boys, I love two it. I love boys. it. That's great. The dream team for all of us Hellboy fans. That's right. Really quick, Jim, I, I did want to talk about a little bit your involvement in The Silence of Our Friends. Um, oh. I did check that out this week and I was so impressed by it. Especially, it takes place in Houston, which is where we're from. Where we're from. So, you know, references like. Wheeler Street and Gessner and Third Ward. You know, Danielle and I actually lived in Third Ward for many Long years. Time, yeah. um, so uh, can you talk a little... I, I, I was so moved by, by this story. It's a graphic novel by yourself and Mark Long with art by Nate Powell. It was a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your involvement with this? Uh, yeah. So, again, in my weird world of, like, a weird bag of skills, for a couple of years I was at, at art school uh, going for a degree in computer animation, and I ended up doing 
doing an internship at a video game company as a texture mapper. Oh, wow. The, o- the owner of that video game company was Mark Long. Oh, and okay. So I first met him while basically I was in college and that he had, and he was running, uh, it was a company called Zombie. And we got to know each other, like, you know, kind of like I'm still an intern, so I'm like still trying to impress people and like do that. But we just kind of hit it off. Like, he's a great, a great guy, a uh, really interesting background as well. Like, you know, he'd been an Army Ranger and he had just done all this stuff. And his dad, you know, we would just sit around and chat. His dad was a race reporter, which is what they called him back then right. in the 60s. Uh, so essentially, a race reporter was kind of just. There's no other way to say it. It's like they, they reported it. It was like white people who reported on the black community to other white people. So right. that not not like snitching when I mean reporting. I mean like literally actual reporting. Right. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. you know, like this is news, you know. And he would have his own camera that he would like kind of crank up and then set up. And he would have a microphone attached to it. So he would set up the camera and then stand in front of it in right. different places. And then, you know, take the film, get it back to the station that evening, cut it so that it could be run the first thing in the morning. So, and he would just kind of tell me these stories about his dad and just general stories as we would talk. And like I said, I've been, I've been just starting to write. I'd done a few short stories and nothing major. I'd done like a, you know, like short comic stories and then like some short prose. And he was like, you know, I'm thinking of writing a graphic novel. I'm like, you should. This story is, you know, the story that you have, which is basically like essentially an autobiographic story of Mark's childhood. Yeah. I definitely got the and sense like, that it was based in some sort of history. Yeah. So all this was like reality for Mark. And um, obviously, we, we, when I came on board, you know, because he was like, I really like your help. You know, I think I've seen some of the stuff you've done. I think you have good sensibilities. So you have a good, like, you know, storytelling uh, sense for what I'm trying to do here. And so we would just kind of go back and forth. And we wrote uh, we wrote the graphic novel. And then I asked Nate Powell if he'd be interested to draw it. And we would pay him, like, out of pocket. And Nate was like, I'm actually committed to this other, like, two-year graphic novel. But I could uh... do, I can do, like, a few illustrations for you to help pitch it. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. So I paid him to do, like, six illustrations i was like here's the six biggest like the story beats right for the for the graphic novel so can you illustrate these six pieces and then we uh we use those six pieces and the script and judy hansen from hansen literary agreed to represent us which was awesome because again it was basically our first graphic novel, so we didn't have any experience in what this would be. And Judy ended up uh, selling it to First Second, and then they they were like, "Okay, well, who do you envision?" Like, we love these illustrations by Nate, and I was like, "Well, unfortunately, Nate's not available." And they're like, "Okay, who who else do you see?" And so I'd gone to like Ape and SPX, a couple of you know shows, just try to find an artist that we thought would fit stylistically. And while we were still searching, Nate actually was like my two-year contract literally they pulled it they the the, the, the two guys it was like, I'm like oh wow like, and he's like so if you're still open i was like hell yes and so <laughs> um and so and and weirdly th- this book is what got nate to do march with uh with don lewis and that ended up winning the national book award yes wow. uh, I, had zero, I had zero to do with uh, because nate is one of the most talented artists you know and storytellers around so 
But yeah, so that's how I got involved in the story. And so uh, it was just a really fun time working on it. I remember a lot of times, you know, sitting around with Mark trying to figure out story, figure out how we could fictionalize parts of his life that would, and then make sure we were true to the things that were real, like the trial and all the yeah. other things. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, it's got the historical fiction kind of element, just like the Hellboy comics, right? In a weird way. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's sort of like this, like, you could easily, even though this has elements that are real, it's sort of like just this parallel where you can, like, I can believe all this stuff is happening without any issue whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, I definitely took yeah. it to be a, a real retelling. And um, like I said, by the end of it, I was, you know, I was pretty emotional, to be honest. You know, it was very touching. And so I do recommend that if you can uh, if you can go check that out. I picked it up at the Barnes & Nobles. Is that a thing, Barnes & Nobles? Do they have Barnes & Nobles everywhere? They sure do. Oh, okay, there you go. You can, <laughs> you can go pick it up at your Barnes & Nobles. And then, like I mentioned earlier, you can check out The Clockwork Girl and Creature Academy on Comixology. That's where I checked them out. Um, super awesome work there by Kevin Hanna. Forgive me if you've already mentioned this in an interview that we have yet to see, but I would love to uh, hear a little bit about how you guys got together to do all this, like, because you're a team here, you're, you know, and so I, I want to know how that started. What what happened there? I mean, uh, the funny thing is, like, we both kind of have humble beginnings 20 years ago in that uh, I was actually at the first ever Emerald City Comic Con. Oh, and okay. uh, and I, don't, I don't know if I've said this because I don't want it to go to his head, but I think <laughs> one of the reasons that I, that I moved up to Seattle was because I liked his comic book store. Oh, so I was com coming from LA uh, just as a filmmaker and I had different you know opportunities to work in different places. I went to, to his comic book store and I was like, this town seems okay. I like it here. Nice. <laughs> Jim and I are both just passionate about comics. We're passionate about creating things. And we're both kind of just like weird forces of nature when it comes to whatever the creative endeavor is. Um, and I'm mostly doing like filmmaking stuff. And I've been in, you know, last, last couple of years, I was doing interviews with like astronauts and, you know, uh, behind the scenes documentary type stuff. Awesome. And uh, Jim and I were just talking, you know, we, we collaborated a few times, but nothing ever like really solidified. Mm. And, um, and we went out for burgers. Jim, do you want to talk about how good those burgers are? <laughs> they were very good. It's a place called uh, The Blazing Onion. Which was, uh, uh, a, and, and they have one of those kind of menus that's like, here's one ridiculous burger. Here's another. You know, what? here's like 30 ridiculous yeah, burgers. I love that right? kind of place. Yes. Ridiculous burgers. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And so we, uh, yeah, we got together for lunch to chow down on a ridiculous burger. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, I want a ridiculous burger now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds and like you like... guys had a natural team up at this point. It sounds like you got, I mean, y'all intersected at exactly the right time. You sat down for some burgers and said, hey, let's make something happen, right? Like. Yeah, and I mean, and, you know, we, ha we have a lot of overlap. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and forgive me for speaking out of school but sometimes it's like it, i think people think that i'm the film guy and 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 jim's the comic guy and i think what's more accurate is that we're both the everything guys yeah okay because jim's been a storyteller and he's worked in video and he's written his own comic and you know it's just kind of every, everything he's done just, just kind of told the story of comics and that so you know we were just, sense. yeah i mean because yeah. you, you're you're not just relying solely on the other to do this part and you do this part and then you put them together and hope they're good you both understand both languages 
of all the elements of what's going yeah. on. So the comics and the film and the storytelling and all that stuff, you both understand all of that. And so it's just kind of a natural thing. That's great. I mean, I love it when you get a team like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it, it, we've been having a lot of fun and our love for, for comics and for Mignola. It was like, there's kind of this philosophy of like documentary filmmaking where you're like supposed to maintain this distance from the subject, not really get vested. And we're like, yeah, no, screw that. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to let our, our geek flag fly with this. So, I'm glad you did. Yeah. I think part of that, like what, what Kevin was saying, too, is that it's actually to our benefit that we know this much about the Mignola-verse yeah. and about what he has done. But because we're fans, we can maintain that professional distance, as it were, where, like, you know, we're not we're not stammering over each other, you know, like no, we live a in a society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and even though we know it is exciting and there is that part of you that's like, I've been a fan of this person for, you know, 20 plus years. And it's kind of unreal that I'm sitting yeah. in his house, you know, talking you to him. Make a good and, and you don't want to overwhelm him. And so it's, you, you know, are maintaining that uh, very like friendly atmosphere of not being too overexcited. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got to do that for sure. Yeah, but I think like, it's like we're saying it's to our benefit and what makes us different on a number of levels is that we have this sort of like long nerd knowledge that can back up the things that we're now trying to create serious content about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's something that really appeals to me, you know, looking at both of your backgrounds is you are actual comic geeks making documentaries for other comic people, yes. you know, and it's kind of like, I think sometimes, you know, um, the questions people want answered. Yeah. You're not just asking, so how did you get into comics? It's right. like, you know exactly where to go. And I think you have an eye for, you know, what, what makes for a compelling story in terms of comic books and, and, uh, some of these creator owned titles and how they've kind of built this from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, like going back to that day of burgers, we were just talking about, you know, we love these like, uh, stories about, you know, people who were amazing entrepreneurs or, or musicians and the behind behind the music documentaries or these amazing chefs and how they came to be. And we're like, we really don't see that high quality stuff, you know, with some exceptions, there's some, there's some good stuff, but yeah. you know, there, there's really not as much as we would like to see profiling these high, these, these creators that mean so much to us. Exactly. And, and it's you so know, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a documentary how I love yeah. having a documentary on man. And so I, I'm very interested in knowing all of these stories. And so to have two storytellers and, and uh, people who know about filmmaking and all that stuff come in and really be like, okay, what, what is the story and how, how can we tell this in an interesting way as opposed to just zip and rip? Okay, who am I interviewing? Who's this Mike Mignola guy? You know, I, I love that. I, you know, you said it. You hit the nail on the head. We have this background. Why don't we put it to use for everybody to enjoy. And I think that's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this. In case you can't tell, I'm excited. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with Mignola and how you approached him to do this project? Uh, Kevin and I have actually started working on a documentary, which um, hasn't come to fruition yet. So okay. that's a whole say other project. Right. But while we were doing that, we knew that we wanted to do 
a documentary about Mignola. So we happen to be chatting with a couple of creators. Sort of at the end, we're like, hey, by the way, like, are you a fan of Mignola and or Hellboy? And they were like, yes. And, you know, it was just like a, a couple minute chat. But the, the idea was that we, we were able to grab a little bit of footage of just, ah. some, of just other people saying, uh, you know, nice things about Mike and about Hellboy. And what we did is we we cut a trailer. So the way we approached Mike awesome. was not like hat in hand or anything. Like, believe in our vision, You showed him this is know? impossible. This is, we could go into this more. People are going to say nice things about you. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, that there's but, something but, there. I mean, it's there's something of substance there. That's so smart. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so we basically cut a trailer that was like, you know, that is very similar, to be honest, to what we have on the Kickstarter, which is like before the movies, before the toys, before everything, there was the comics. And then we reach out to Mike I was, and basically said, this is what we want to do. We want to do a documentary about you. And here's a little mini trailer to give you a taste of what the quality would be like but also what the content would be like we don't want to just come into your house and say no, hey, wasn't, yeah. it, wasn't it super cool that <laughs> they made a movie out of your comic you know and and that's honestly like how how that door opened because he also recognized and he even said it he's like when it started and the first thing i saw was the movie i, I was almost turned off but then i understood He's like, that's the gateway and how he's always thought about the other media. That's the gateway for people to then come and check out the comics. Yes. And yes. if we can do this from a storytelling point of view, uh, for your story of creating Hellboy, then we'll have accomplished what we want to. So that's how we approached him. Absolutely, that's fantastic, I love that Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting you said that We recently did like a debriefing episode, quote unquote That's what we called it after we finished finished BPRD Devil You Know And we actually had a lot of our listeners on the actual episode The listeners are a big part of uh, what we do every week It's the whole thing that we do, I mean it's a book club And so many of the listeners said that they were brought into the comics and become diehard comic fans through the movie yeah when you were like hey uh, so how did Hellboy become but it's the thing is that a lot of them were introduced to Hellboy through the movie and so now that this um, documentary is about to come out so many more people are going to have access to all of this information who were just brought in by the movie and be like well what's this all about and I think it's really going to inspire a whole generation of people to get into these books and I'm so excited just thinking about that yeah no I think you hit the nail on the head and I think that aspect of it also excites us too is that you know, we have this amazing story and Mike and his journey and how the Hellboy universe came to life. And uh, we basically get to unleash our enthusiasm and excitement about that in this movie and share it with it. Yeah, that is so oh, great. Exciting. Yeah, and that's a, that's exactly like what we're trying to do here on the show. You know, I didn't have anyone to talk to about the Hellboy comics. So, you know, <laughs> and then I and then I found a little community online and I was like, hey, there's a little bit of an audience for this thing. You yeah. know, like when you find Hellboy fans, what's interesting is they're like so diehard, you know, and I think that that reflects and also so in. Chill at the same yeah, time. but I, I think that reflects in the numbers that you guys are seeing on your Kickstarter. You know, I, I think that you met your goal uh, within a couple of hours of it starting. So, you know, there are all these people out there. And once we started reaching out, we we're finding people all over the world, you yeah. know, who are 
so and not only enjoy the comics, but are so enthusiastic about it and just ready to consume any material that there is regarding it. I didn't realize, you know, when I got it, I just thought it was going to be, I literally thought it was just a book club. But it's become so much more than that now. Yeah. And so it's um it's just really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we're talking to y'all. This is great. I'm having a good time. <laughs> so it's 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 really been more than anything just uh, a sense of community around it's just so special around yeah. this this guy created this whole I mean it's 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 created these shockwaves. Yeah, I think this is a really special community that you guys are tapping into here. We feel it too. I mean the enthusiasm has been like overwhelming to be honest it's we we knew that again we we're making something that we knew we would be interested in ourselves for sure and we know that there's a robust community out there that is big fans of hellboy the bprd the entire mignola verse and even like the outer verse as it's now called oh you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, right. yeah and and so it's so cool to to get the feedback and, you know, like, uh, we get a lot of comments and a lot of emails and people are, you know, asking and suggesting stretch goals and like, but the through line is that people are just absolutely, they're just like, I cannot wait to watch this. Yeah. Like, I wish I could watch this right now. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we were kind of, we basically just wanted to watch it as well, but it didn't exist. Yeah. So we tried to create the thing you want to see. That's fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, but I'm just very enthusiastic about that. I think that's a fantastic way to do things is create the thing you want to see. Hey, if it doesn't exist, make it. That's that's great. So it has this, I mean, obviously this is a ton of work, but how much fun are you guys having uh, interviewing all these people and getting to deep dive oh, on uh, all these different aspects of the Hellboy universe? Oh, my gosh. I, I will say we have to be cool and we have to be journalists. Yes. And then, like, you know, Jim and I will kind of take turns and we do different, you know, we'll, we'll pinch it on the interviews and go back and forth. We have to be very professional and stick to the, the, the story that we're trying to tell. And then afterwards, we just, like, kind of squeal. Yeah. And go, that was so cool. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. I don't know. The thing about cons is something that really struck me is. Artist Alley was always tucked away in some dimly lit corner. They, all the artists were shoved. These artists that I loved and really admired and appreciated and had so much respect and was just so excited. Oh, maybe they'll sign my book. Maybe I'll get to buy a, some art from them. They're just tucked away and shoved away in this corner. And anything that bring, draws that out and makes that space bigger and, and tells their stories in, in a in a bigger light and and really gets people enthused and interested i'm so on board for it and i'm really excited that you guys have taken on yourself to do this and so um i think that's that's really exciting yeah i i think when when most people think of hellboy to be honest you know a lot of people probably would think of ron perlman you know what i mean and not as much the the creator and the the people that are actually you know behind the book the the artists and the you know, all the people behind the scenes making it happen. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the, the mission here is that, you know, I don't think we're going to change the world, but what the nice thing I think that could come from this is that it could at least put some of the messaging around what Hellboy is and where it came from and direct more of that towards Mike versus the media that has basically been brought to life thanks to mike yes you know? yes that's yes. a great way of phrasing that even if uh god forbid someone's not really 
into Mike's work, or at least not into Mike's work yet, they they will see this journey of a, of a distinct and individual artist, and who you know kind of carved out his own space and made made a place for for a large group of people by just doing the thing that he was passionate about. And I I think even by that self is, is super inspiring. Yeah, so there, oh, there, yeah. there is a story there, you know, Mignola does have a story, and how does that play into making a documentary about him? I mean, are you talking about his life, or, you know, do, do you delve into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, you know, we basically, um, not to get too inside baseball, but we, we go through the journey of his life while completely still talking about Hellboy and the, the Mignola verse and how it all came about, and uh, we kind of jump around in, in in time a bit to show like this is him learning to become an artist and him trying to break into comics and him not feeling like he fit in at Marvel and DC. But while we're doing that, we're also you know we're talking to cosplayers and we're talking to Adam Savage and showing off his Hellboy paraphernalia collection and you know showing the the Hellboy Day around the world and that sort of thing. Nice. You mentioned Adam Savage there. That was just announced today. That's one of the stretch goals that has been added, right? Some behind the scenes in his workshop. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a pretty, pretty fun day. We, uh, we drove up to San Francisco, and he had invited us to talk to him at his workshop, the same one where he does all his, uh, all his savage builds and all the other stuff. And he had, uh, he had made sure to bring out like Rasputin's gloves that he had he had built a replica of oh, he yeah. actually it's just like you know he's got so many of these things and just talking that. to him like he's such a I mean obviously from like being able to build stuff but also he would be like okay so I need this kind of glass vial so that I can make the one little nub that goes on this part of the glove like it's like <laughs> yeah. the, the detail of it is also like insane and so um, not only do we get to talk with him about his like why he loves Hellboy and what motivates him, but also he gave us a tour, and it's just like it, it couldn't be any more of like a film fantasy like experience because you're just walking around and you're like, oh, what's this? It's like, oh, this is a thing. I I know it's gonna sound really funny, but he's like, I've got a parking meter here, and it's like. You go to you go to check it out, and it's like it's just made of foam. And he's like, "Yeah." So I mean, it looks exactly like a real what? parking meter, but it was used. It's from the Matrix where they're fighting, and so it's oh, like, oh, a wow. foam parking meter. Wow. And so, and that's just like <laughs> one of like seven hundred little things that are in his in his little workshop. It's so so fantastic. I would be losing my mind in there. That's fantastic. I, I'm a big fan of Adam Savage's tested videos. I watch them like all, during the pandemic, I was watching them all the time and just hearing you get to go around in there. I, I'm, I'm just so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun for sure. I'm looking here at this artist list. Um, some of the artists that you guys are working with for the documentary, Duncan Figredo, Michael Avon Oming, Dave Stewart, Jason Sean Alexander, and then also all the artists that are contributing original art to the portfolio and to the postcards. Um, how amazing has that been to work with any of the artists? Are there any highlights or any kind of any kind of anecdotes that you'd like to share? I mean, the highlight is kind of all of them. Yeah, this is absolutely, absolutely a dream come true of, of who who's artists from the Mignola verse. And so, you know, they like every the the lead up to this 
with us getting pieces one at a time and uh and every single time it's just like i don't know how to communicate how excited i am about each of yeah. these <laughs> wow yeah, these uh, these prints are amazing. Um, I'm really enjoying this Ben Stenbeck one that has like yeah. I just love all the characters that are on that print. You know, you've got Kashi, Hellboy, Lord Baltimore, Frankenstein. That's a really cool piece. I'm like yeah, that's a really good one. But also the Lawrence Campbell one. Yeah. But also the Mike Martin one. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're all fantastic. Uh, and everyone really brought it. We, you know, you never know when, when people are kind of collaborating on a project or what level it's going to bring. And, you know, everyone just hit home runs on this. And it's just been so thrilling to see. When you know that all of these people are throwing in, you're like, oh, I got to do something cool, too. Because he's going to do, I got to do one better than him. I gotta yeah, do yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, I remember uh, being at cons and, and, and handing someone my sketchbook book and and then they would always every 100 percent of the artists would flip through it first and be like ah oh, now i gotta do the cool one i feel like that's what's going on here, right. and it really worked <laughs> it really worked out and i was so glad to see dave stewart on there you know because i feel like yes. his work is so important to the hellboy comics and it kind of runs through all the titles for so many years and uh yeah i don't think that he gets recognized enough even though he wins the eisner like every year or every other have year to create a new award called the double eisner <laughs> and give it to him i mean and that's exactly it like you know i mean just kind of going back to our our whole mission here is that you know we're, we're running this campaign and trying to build the best documentary we can part of that is because we want to highlight the people that really make these comics sing and obviously like you can't have hellboy comics you know or the hellboy universe without mike mignola but once once you you get past mike and you know guys like duncan who've actually worked on the main title and all the amazing artists who've worked on everything else one of the things that cohesively put them all together is dave stewart yeah you know yeah. and he doesn't get enough credit for that because when you think about how different even Mike's style is from Duncan's style to uh, Guy Davis's style to anybody. You know, like if you look at this across the board when it comes to all these artists, Lawrence Campbell and everybody who's involved here, you're like, oh, okay. Well, why does it all feel like it's in the same universe? Yeah. And that's and yeah. that that is largely due to Dave and the palette that he chooses to make sure that all of the things that are happening still feel cohesively in the same universe even if it's a different artist he's an incredible painter absolutely oh yeah i think that all the artists that have ever worked with him would definitely agree with you on that they, they all appreciate dave stewart and the people giving out the eisners appreciate dave stewart but we want the general public to know <laughs> yeah. about dave stewart so that's great one of the things that have gotten us excited is you know like i'm a fan of those those food shows and they do this super close-up of the knife cutting the tomato nice. just perfect yeah and, and we wanted to bring that to comic books and so you know like we, we filmed all these artists you know in a similar style and it looks it, it's gorgeous you could actually see the whole process of them bringing the page to life from a blank page uh, the whole way through so you yeah are reading I, I, my mail to me I'm yeah so this is really exciting <laughs> i'm really excited to check this out and you know um looking at this artist list here jason sean alexander um i'm really excited to see his his piece being created because uh doesn't he create like giant? Aren't they all like really huge? He he does make really big paintings, um, but this one is this one's normal size. I think it's it might be like eleven by seventeen. Oh okay. He, okay. Does this, he does this beautiful profile shot of Abe Sapien. So 
the first couple oh, artists, nice. we, we had everyone do uh, pick a character. So, of course, Mike drew Hellboy. It's, you know, crazy. Um, Jason drew uh, Abe Sapien because, of course, that was the, his, one of his first breakout titles was The Drowning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Michael Avon Oming drew Roger because it was... Uh, What's the book you get of Venice? The Soul of Venice. Uh, yeah. Soul of Venice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, and then Duncan drew Crowcatch. Oh. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, and he did a lot of that character in uh, the Wild Hunt, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, I love his take on that character. Now, um, talking a little bit about the comics. Obviously, you guys are huge fans. You know, at this point in the podcast, we've been doing this for almost three years. You know, we're almost caught up to, like, the current comics. We've read almost everything over the last, like, 127 weeks or whatever. Um, what, what are some of your favorite uh, stories or artists or storylines or, you know, just anything, any highlights or, you know, when you think back on the comics, you're like, oh, this is my favorite stuff. Um, not an easy question. Sure. That. <laughs> that said, you know, I like the, obviously some of the really big story arcs with, you know, the stuff that's happening with Tadboy, whether that was with the, the Manila stuff or the Duncan Cabrera stuff. But to be honest, to me, I, I kind of just love all the short stories. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that I, I, can, I can talk more about a short story, I think, than I could... A, a full a full arc just because there's something about I think maybe the brevity of them that yeah. sti- that yeah. sticks with you a little more so like something like the Midnight Circus oh yeah is one that really oh, okay. um, that really stands out and um, I think sort of a perennial favorite is uh, Hellboy in Mexico right. just because you know that that Richard Corbin art and oh, then yeah. Oh, yeah. sort of over the top luchador action. Um, King Bold. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. So like King Bold to me is like almost like a perfect Hellboy story. Like in that it's Professor Broom and he's like, "Hey, I, I want you to go do this," and he's like, "Oh, all right, because you want me to, Dad. Like I'll go do it." It's it's a guy who has he's like oh we're gonna talk to this uh, we're talk to this ghost and it'll be fine and <laughs> like if, if he had pupils like you could see the eyes rolling like, yeah like, oh yeah I'm sure it'll be, like I'm gonna I think what I remember is like he even says something like like I'm gonna have to fight this guy aren't I yes yeah uh, and then he's like I knew it yeah and, and the other guy's like no it's gonna be fine and then he's fighting this guy yeah and then he's like I knew it I knew I was gonna have to fight this guy you know and that's again it's sort of like has that that's the feel of Hellboy like be like I don't want to have to fight this guy shouldn't you know better yep not here we are now I'm fighting this guy okay. yes yes <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, I would say those are a few. I mean, obviously, like we could clearly yeah, talk all day about it. But, like, but it's, oh, yeah. like you said, it's self-contained. It has that that classic narrative. That yeah. I think oh, John, yeah. you usually say. Uh, I think Box of Evil comes up a Box lot. Box Full of Evil people, yeah. is one of my favorites, and that's another <laughs> short story. You know, it's interesting <laughs> you you mentioned that about the short stories because. Um, Sometimes I think getting people into the comics is better to sh- start with the short stories. You know, now they have those really cool 
short story omnibuses. You got them hooked. I really feel like that's a good way to pull people in because just like you said, they're short, they're self-contained, they're digestible, they're funny, you know, and it kind of captures everything about the Hellboy universe just in like these little doses. You can break it up into small. You don't have to get into the whole thing right away. See, for me, though, you got to show me something that's like, ah, uh, this is the secret origin of the entire universe. And I'm like, wait, where's the rest? Where's the rest of this? Yeah. I need to know the rest of this yeah. now. I, I love the the corpse, um, which is just I, it's like eight pages long, right? Right, yeah. And, oh yeah, and and a, and a lot of them are silent. So there's a lot of just Hellblade looking around, uh, and it opens with a poem, and it's funny, and it's bizarre, and there's all these references to things you don't quite understand. And I just I think it's a perfect comic, and that's just like it, you know, it's it's actual floppy copy that I can just hand people and go just read this. Yes, awesome. Yes, yeah, so there is one scene in that where. I think they say they're going to show up at a certain time, and he's looking at the clock, and he's looking at the tree, and it's just like it's paced perfectly, yeah. the page, yes. and there is no dialogue or anything. I, I feel like that is one of the most perfect pages um, in terms of just pacing and how to like carry you through a scene. Yeah, absolutely. And there's like on the the flip of it, there's this, there's one uh, there's a picture called The Ghoul where uh, it's cutting between a puppet show that's yes. doing yeah. And a, a, a monster, a, a man who's turning into a ghoul while he reads poetry. Yes. And, oh, yeah, that's so, that's so Mignola. That's so Hellboy. Oh, yeah. And, that's and it's just like, it's like, if, if those are just like, those are the, the two short stories that I just adore and just want everybody in the world to read. Oh, yeah, that one's great. There's some great graveyards in that one, too, you know. Yeah. Mignola oh, yeah. has all those, like, graveyards all smashed together, all crunched up. And, uh, yeah, I really like that one. I, I think, like... I want to say in the uh, sketchbook section or in the like supplementary material that's in the back of the trade, you know, he talked about that. That was one of his favorite stories, but a lot of people didn't like it because it was just all the weird poetry and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I really liked that one. I think that's great. I love that you picked that. Really yeah, if, cool. y'all's, if y'all's tastes and narrative is any indication, this is going to be an excellent documentary. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> excited to see how that transfers over, you know. We think that, and you know, the thing you said about the short stories, there's something interesting about that too. If you think about like people's taste. So like you're saying like, Oh, I'm glad you picked that story. And someone's like, Oh, I'm glad you picked that story. Like if you're going to give one of those little like short story omnibuses to someone and you're like, this will get you hooked on Hellboy. Yeah. It yeah. probably will because if they don't like one story, there's, there's another one, there's another one right after it. Yeah. That's going to be like such a different flavor yeah yeah same characters that's gonna and i think that's the other thing like you know hellboy he created this kind of perfect character that works in comedy in tragedy it can be a drama it can be like lighthearted. it can be heavy and somehow even though you know again he's a giant red demon it still works on every type of story and that's yeah like you can't necessarily do that with a lot of characters like that's true and i think that's sort of the genius of hellboy and how he's written is that it can be a little bit of everything and somehow it just fits yes Absolutely. <laughs> oh completely agree looking um here at some of the interviews that you have on the kickstarter obviously you've got some big names on there neil gaiman Joe Casada, is there anyone that you were just really excited about, or um, just in some interviews that were really fun? Meeting with and sitting down to talk with Rebecca Sugar. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I, 
I don't know. She wasn't our first interview, but she was towards the front. She, we actually interviewed her before we had interviewed Mike. And I knew and loved Steven, and I knew and loved Hellboy. I didn't understand quite how much um, Hellboy had, and, and Mike had influenced Steven. And I, you know, being able for Jim and I being able to sit down with Rebecca, and, you know, we saw the same level of enthusiasm and influence and, and way more knowledge than us. We're like, we're like super geeks, and she knew more than we did uh, <laughs> about the universe. And I, you know, I was just like, I think Rebecca Sugar might be the coolest person in the universe. And, and it was so cool to hear about how Mike had directly influenced her, like actually talked to her about, you know, the idea of uh, Ishtar and the goddesses and uh, the star of Ishtar and that influenced Stephen's star. And also the other uh, sign of Ishtar is a lion. And she's like, and he was, and he was like, yeah, there should be a lion. Or she was like, oh, I should have put in the lion. And of course, that's you know, super yeah. critical, yeah. <laughs> super important parts of, of Steven Universe. And so, speaking of a of a um, interview where we were being cool and not trying to freak out and geek out, that was that was when I'm just like on the inside, you know, fireworks oh, are no. going off. Oh, nice. And that part of the preview, <laughs> I, I was instantly hooked. I was like, I need to see this immediately. I need to see this right now. So that <laughs> I'm so excited to see this. Specifically, like that is going to be a highlight i can already tell what's really cool about that too is now we have an extended interview that has been unlocked as one of the stretch goals with rebecca sugar so i think that is so cool that we're getting like you know extra material in the stretch goals you know maybe stuff that didn't fit into the documentary but you've obviously got like a lot of cool footage of these creators yeah and i mean so you mentioned for example like joe quesada like joe's actually someone we haven't even talked to yet like we, oh, um, man. So, so like there's, there's the list of creators who are, it, it's a combination of people we've talked to and people who have committed to talk to us. Awesome. Um, and so, you know, I, I think there's also for us a certain level of anticipation just in terms of we're also excited to see what some of these people that we haven't had a chance to sit down with are going to tell us, you know, what kind of light they can shine on whether it was, you know, the influence of Mike or or anything about certain points in his life, because uh, that's one of the big things that we're, we talk to people about is like, oh, okay, so tell us like where you were in parallel to Mike's story. I don't know if that makes sense. So like if Mike said, hey, uh, we're starting Legend Comics, the uh, Dark Horse. And we can talk to the publisher of Dark Horse, and he can shine a much different light on that story than someone who wasn't there and only observed it from the outside. So that's exciting, too. Oh, yeah. That is so awesome. So uh, I'm so excited for you guys to interview. You know, there was, um, there was a podcast where they had Mignola on, and Joe Casada was there, too. It was like a panel or something like that. It came down. It came out in the last year, but they had some very funny interactions between the two of them. You could tell that there was a long was, history there. Are you talking about the drink and draw where they're all just kind of like sitting around and yes. having drinks? Yeah, it was the drink and draw. Yeah, you guys should check that out if you haven't. I, the, I loved it. It was really good. Yeah, it was. It was really funny. I enjoyed that a lot. The drink and draw just had Alex Ross, and he had a, a bunch of interesting stories. This happened yesterday. Sure. Uh, oh wow! On the drink and draw, and he had a bunch of no, nothing related to Hellboy, but just 
that he, he had a lot of interesting stories as well because, you know, he, he doesn't do a ton of uh, interviews. Uh, he's not like, he, he doesn't do a lot of conventions. He's, he's accessible, but he doesn't do a lot of shows. And so it was really, it was really cool to hear know him telling stories as well because it's something that you don't hear very often yeah Yeah. i'm gonna have to check that out thanks for telling me about that no problem so these stretch goals are just like i mean it seems like you guys as soon as you come up with them it's unlocked or (laughs) they're they're met before they've even been announced how has that process been for you guys kind of unreal i will say um you know like i just we are so incredibly grateful that people are so enthusiastic about this and we're just trying it's almost like to be honest like we're just trying to keep up as well like we want to try to keep making things that people get excited about and uh those same things are just like we made this documentary are the things that we ourselves are excited about yes that's how you do it Oh, yeah. I'm still thinking about the Rebecca Sugar interview. They are so awesome. I'm so excited. The Kickstarter, you know, the day that this goes up, I I believe there'll be 15 days left to still back this thing. And even if you've already pledged, you know, you can, like, add extra things. You know, that's one thing that I do like when you submit your pledge. Like, I I added an extra T-shirt so we could both get a T-shirt. You know, and then yeah. uh, and then now that all the the, the postcard reward it, it keeps getting expanded on every single time. So now I'm thinking like I might go add another postcard set or something. You know, one to <laughs> one to display and one to keep like hermetically sealed in my Hellboy coffin with all my other stuff. So you know, I I, I really think that um, if you are thinking about supporting the Kickstarter, you definitely want to back it. Get in. And and if you've already contributed, you know, get an extra T-shirt or yeah. if you're able to. You you know, um, yeah. I think that the more that we put into this, the, all the different tiers and everything. Yeah, the, the the better the project will be. And I think, like I said, you're just really tapping into a community here that is um, wants to support something We're like ready this. To go. We're ready. And so I think just getting the word out there as much as possible and getting people excited is uh, what it's all about. And you know, here on the book club, this is kind of what we do, right? We get excited about the comics and. Um, I'd love to watch this and do a, like a debriefing episode on the documentary. Oh, yeah, I know. You know it's going to be incredible. We'll have to do like a commentary or something when oh, it comes out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the whole thing is just going to be like, this is so fucking awesome. I love that idea, though. Like, you know, after it comes out, so like a year from now, I'd we can to. like circle back around. I'd love and to do have like, it back. Absolutely. Do a oh, yeah. episode with y'all. Yeah, and it would be good to see, you know, like what what you have next because i mean this is obviously um a successful campaign so far you know i think the product is going to be amazing have you even thought about like are you even thinking about like what do, what do you want to do next there was or they were talking about they had a different project going on yeah I yeah to hear about it or uh, I mean, for sure, it's just going to be a Matt Streckman <laughs> documentary. Oh, the Matt Streckman documentary. <laughs> nice. We're on board. Oh, we love Matt. We're we're, we're huge fans of Matt on this show. Yeah. Jim, you met Matt, right? Or no, both of y'all met Matt at um, Rose City last year. At Rose right? City, yeah. Got to be Matt and Ross Radke and Nathaniel Green. You know, and, they're, uh, oh, nice. they're, they're all of our, the, those are our book club members. And I remember even thinking like they had the first official meetup and they yeah. were, they, they became friends through our show, yeah. you know, and that's how they, they knew each other. And uh, they all met up there at that con together. I thought that was so cool. And then you got to like interview them at the gigantic brewery, I think, or. 
Yeah, I mean, and that was kind of like, it was almost like <laughs> this, like, um, almost like religious experience because, you know, we went there and it had all the cool Hellboy posters and yeah. Hellboy beers. Nice. And so we were talking and, uh, you know, like the, the audio quality wasn't great because it's a bar. And so like, I was, so, so I was able to get some good sound bites from them, but mostly I just had them like getting excited and, and, you know, toasting the drinks oh. and we were surrounded by other fans and they were all, you know, they had their Hellboy bags or were just covered in Hellboy tattoos. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. This, it was definitely like a nice little marker that we were, the, the thing that we that we were, we were excited about that other people would be excited about. Oh, that is such a good feeling. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. You know, the, the reason why you're doing the Kickstarter is to finish the documentary how much is there left to do? Do you, are you guys still doing? You mentioned you're still doing. You have the Joe Casada interview coming up. So do you still have a lot of interviews? Are you still reaching out to people? Is the is the film still developing? Yeah, I mean, I guess like yes across the board. I mean, one of the reasons is so we have a lot of travel that we need to do, like yeah. to get to all these people. Um, you know, we feel like incredibly lucky that uh, people like Guillermo del Toro, he reached out like right after the campaign launched and then we were able to, and he basically committed to being interviewed. So it's like, nice. okay, well, that's one more. And, and as exciting as that is, you know, on the flip side, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's one more trip we need to make. That's one more thing that we need to do. And so we're balancing the needs of the documentary to make sure that we have like the budget that we're continuing to create with the campaign, not only will support what we're promising, but also, for example, we need to edit the film. We yeah. need to get it color graded. We need a soundtrack and we need to get, you know, audio editing and all those things. That's where all this money is going toward. The logistics of a project this big, I mean, it's staggering to even think about. So that, that's, in, hey, go get go get in on this Kickstarter. Yeah. Pay, pay for them to have a yeah. airport lunch. Um, and do check out the, the stretch goals because you can see like every chance we get, every time we hit one of these, we're putting everything back into the documentary. So we get to do things like the postcards. Those, uh, the first four postcards were all drawn on camera. And so like we're able wow. to make something from the doc and put it back to the, the, our backers. And then like, um, little you know, we, yeah. And then we have like things like, um, you know, Adam gave us this, uh, Adam Savage gave us this amazing tour of all his Hellboy paraphernalia. And I'm like, nice. we can't get this all in the documentary. It's awesome. But it's like, it's so much. And, and so, you know, just make these featurettes because the same reason as editing and sound and, and mastering all that stuff, it, it takes time and money. So as we hit these new goals, we're able to put these little featurettes and just focus on these really cool standalone uh, uh, shorts. So I, I'm very excited by how much we uh, get to do now. Well, you guys are doing a lot and we really appreciate it. I mean, it's a lot of work and um, we really appreciate all the effort you're putting into it. Yeah, and, and we're psyched, and, and we're doing everything that we can to promote it and signal boost and make sure that everybody is aware. And like I said, you know, add a, add a postcard set or something, you know, to your pledge if you've already donated something. These guys need um, to fly to go do interviews with Guillermo del Toro. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and I don't want to promise anything, so don't hold, don't hold us to it. Disclaimer, like, I'm going to say something. But, like, mm. one of the other things is that we also are going to be doing more interviews, which just means that if we have extra footage that's worth sharing with the world, that will likely just keep getting added to 
the Blu-ray after the campaign is like well after the campaign is over. Okay, you know I like my extras. You know I like my extras on the Blu-ray. And just you know again like without making promises, we know that we're going to have some really fun sit downs. And if there's some cool anecdotes that don't fit in our overall story, then it it might end up on the Blu-ray. So we're also excited that there's just a lot of possibilities for us as well. All right, well, now that, we've, now that we've got all the fluff out of the way, it's time for a hard-hitting question. Uh, and I think that the listeners want to know, will there be a blooper reel? <laughs> I'm such a sucker for a blooper reel. I mean, the amount of times that I say um on camera would be just like, just you, could, super you could probably make a whole song about it. Um, As we're wrapping up here, guys, do you have anything else you want to mention about the Kickstarter that we haven't had a chance to talk to or just anything kind of um, wrapping up on um, on the episode here? I liked your guys' episodes on Witchfinder. That was cool. Oh, I'm so, so glad. You. you know, uh, I, I thought I, I really appreciate the message where you said, Wait, so we're not talking about a book, you know? And I and I was like, oh, should I have arranged that? Like, if you would like to come back on and talk <laughs> and about the Witchfinder, we're going to do some more Witchfinder, you know? Let me you know. I mean, it, do I don't know if you have time to do that with uh, all of the stuff that you guys are doing with the Kickstarter. But, yeah, it, I mean, both of you guys are separately. You're definitely welcome to come back on the show and talk about a comic if you would like to do that. I just figured that... You wanted to talk about the Kickstarter and not just hear me uh, be nerds for yeah. an hour and a half. You're more than welcome to I come mean, be nerds with us, though. I mean, that's fine. I, I was gonna say, oh, yeah. I think I think you've already gotten the sense that you you actually just spent an hour and a half like being nerds with us. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, wait, like, you know, you're not trapped in here with us. Like, we're trapped in here with you, right? We'll we'll have you back on to do an actual episode of the book club, and it'll be great. Until then, I would like to dub you, Kevin, and you, Jim, official book club members. Yes, that's what we call call it. That's what we call all our listeners here. There's a hashtag book club members. members. So you guys are definitely a part of that group, too, and I hope that everybody will go check out the Kickstarter, uh, manage your pledge, you know, add, add add a thing there if you can before it's all over. You've got 15 days. You know, paydays come coming up, or yeah. it, it has come up. So, you know what I mean? Um, put your weight behind this and support it, because the more that we support it, the better product we're going to get, the more special scenes, the more postcards, um, all that kind of good stuff. The more stuff, behind so. the scenes shit, the more bloopers we're going to get to see. Yeah, yeah, let's get that blooper reel in there. Pet- <laughs> petition for the blooper reel. Let's add that as a stretch goal. We'll oh, do it. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Like, super fun. Yeah. Oh, thank uh, you, guys. Thank you so much. And thank you for all your time. You know, we had talked about an hour. We're at an hour and a half here, really so I really that. appreciate it. But um, it was just so great to talk to you all and get all your insight. And I really appreciate your time this evening on a Friday night. So, yes, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Um, and we will be supporting the Kickstarter and uh, hope to hear from you guys again soon. Thanks so much, guys. It's thank been you. All right. Well, we'll let you guys go. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Well, thank you. That was our interview with... Kevin Hanna and Jim DiMonaco. Kevin and Jim, book club members. Yes, book club, club members. members. And co-directors of Drawing Monsters. So you can definitely check that out. I'm going to link the Kickstarter in the show notes here. 
You can all, but I'm sure it's easy to find, right? Everybody's sharing We're gonna it. We're going to make it even easier to We're going to make it even easier for you. So you've got 15 days from the time that this episode comes out. I hope that you guys will go back it. And we will definitely be talking about this thing. I love the idea of doing a commentary. Yes. Um, after it comes out. After, you know, we've had a chance to watch it, we'll do all commentary. Maybe we could even yeah. have... Kevin and Jim back on the show to I talk about it. I love to have them back. They seem retrospect. like they'd, they'd yeah. come back, yeah. Yeah, I really hope that we could get them back on the show. And uh, that was so much fun. Well, uh, thank you stuff. so much, Kevin and Jim, for reaching out to us here. It was such a pleasure to have you guys on the show. We'll be back on our book club episode next week. Back in our book club bullshit. <laughs> Make sure to follow Kevin Hanna at Frog Children on Twitter. At Mignola Doc is the Twitter for the documentary Kickstarter. I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of updates there. And at Jim Dimonacos, D-E-M-O-N-A-K-O-S. Badass yeah. last name. Follow them all on Twitter, on social media. You can get all their updates on their projects as well as the documentary. And check our show notes for all those links. I'll put all those notes there as well as the link to the Kickstarter. And, yeah, I'm so excited for this thing. You know that I'm already backed. I'm at the mini print level, okay. you know what I mean, which is exciting because the, the, that level is gone now. So, like, I feel like, you know, ah, I mean, I, did, I didn't miss out on the mini print. I wish I was at the portfolio level, but I kind of like being at the mini print level. And With I'm gonna mini print. And I'm going to add some T-shirts. I'm going to add some postcards to my pledge. Yeah, you I'm so excited. You do what you can, you know. Yeah, do what you can. Don't, yeah. don't stress yourself out, but also, you know, support... We we want to be able to support our all of our friends. You know, we support Ross Radke Absolutely. on his uh, Kickstarters, uh, Craig McKnight with his raffles Absolutely. and stuff like that. And, and these whenever, guys are telling some cool stories. I'm when, excited. Whenever we have our fundraisers, the community comes out. So I'm sure that you guys are already backed. But let's see what more we can get in there before it's all over. So anyway, thanks again, Kevin and Jim, for all your time. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. So uh, a little surprise episode this week. Next week, we'll be back with our Witchfinder Reign of Darkness, one and two. Witchfinder. But I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. If you have any questions, uh, send us a hey, you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Facebook About section and our Podbean website, and it's the link. If the link tree is working, our link tree is on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, it, it is working, and I put the Kickstarter link on there as oh, well. Awesome. Nice. This week, uh, special thanks to uh, Kevin and Jim for being on the show. Thank you guys. That was that was so exciting. And as always, thank you to John for doing all the wonderful editing. Yeah. Thank you, Kirby Crackle, for the use of the music. And find them on your usual streaming sites, including YouTube. Probably Spotify and Apple Music as well. Yeah, just give it a googs. They're on Bandcamp, too. They're on Bandcamp. Yeah. Aren't we all? Uh, you can find the podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Next week, we really are going to be reading Witchfinder, The Reign of Darkness, Issues 1 and 2. So you know what to do. You hope you've already read them. And join us next week on the Hellboy Book Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Danielle. And I'm Avi Lobo saying, go back that Kickstarter. Do it. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin and Jim. Thank you, guys. Goodbye.